Welcome. I'm Josh. I'm the one teaching today. It has been a um, a, a very exciting uh, a morning for us. Um, in fact, it, it, uh, the morning started a a whole lot earlier uh, for my family. Uh, it actually started last night. I got a real sick little one. A little a little one. Amelia has been in, in bed all morning. Julie's with her. She has a little 104 degree temperature, which I think is pretty high, but she, 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 we're, we're, we're confident that the, 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 the fever is doing the right thing by killing whatever virus or whatever she has going on. And so uh, that began our morning, and then we got here, and there's all sorts of excitement from, uh, uh, we have, we, it's kind of weird because I'm speaking right now, and it's like coming back at me, which I've never had, we've never had that before because I have these speakers right here, and typically we don't use any monitors on the stage because all of our musicians, they're really fancy, and they have those little in-ear headphones. I mean, they're a big deal, right? And so, um, but all that went out today. So it's just been a, a really chaotic morning. So you could see like a drum set that's kind of empty and then you got one kind of behind me, got all this stuff over here and you see like there's a keyboard not being used. Uh, it was just a, a pretty um, interesting morning and, you know, and, I, and hear me, I, I want to be real clear here. I don't want to manipulate you or coerce you or pretend that this is something it's not, but the, the the one thing that we've been praying pretty consistently for the last five weeks, this is about the fifth week or fourth week in the series of Acts, um, is that we don't really want it to be what we've always done. We don't want to be okay. Well, we're supposed to have a light show. We're supposed to play some drums, sing some loud music, dance on stage, have a good time, and then kind of leave and kind of manufacture this this deal of each week after week after week, we give you some chill bumps, you feel good about it, you go home, we go back to our normal routine and we come back. And as we look through God's word in the book of Acts, what we're, what we're seeing is that maybe maybe the way that the church really was moving 2,000 years ago looks very little like the way it looks today. So one of the things we've said, kind of the concession has been, okay, God, we... We don't really, we're not experts at church because Jesus, you said you'd build your church and we're just here to care for your people. And so we're not experts. We don't even want to kind of dictate those things. So we kind of, God, I want you just to have your way. And so here we are in the middle of just some, some uh, you know, minimal, a little bit of chaos. And we're like, okay, no, God, we want our lights back. We want our teleprompters back. We want our sound back because that's what we kind of are comfortable with. And so I don't really know what today entails. I really don't. So we'll see. Where, where we go from here. There is a couple of quick announcements, and then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into Acts chapter 5. We're going to be in verses 17 through 42 today. But um, before we do that, here, here, here are the, 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 the very specific announcements. If, you, if you're not aware, we began a kindergarten through fifth worship service that's happening simultaneously as we're here. They're doing worship songs upstairs. They're walking through a message. In fact, they don't even have a time of giving. Like, we have a time of giving announcements, the whole deal. It's just basically like what we do down here, up there, geared for for them. So all that's happening right now. Again, if you're kindergarten through fifth grade, if you or if you're a parent of that and you want your kids here with you, then that's great. You keep them in here with you. But once you know that, that's available to you. The other thing that, that is incredibly important to us is um, May 26th, okay, that is still a week and five days away or some, something close to the, a month and five days away. Um, that is Memorial Day weekend, and we will not be having a worship service in this auditorium or whatever we call it, sanctuary, uh, flea market, whatever whatever the term that we use for this place is. That's We won't, um, you know, the place where all the Sealand fans, well, no, there's Sealand fans everywhere, never mind. And so... Um, so, but there won't be a worship service here on the 26th. Instead, what we decided that we thought would make a lot more sense is that 
it's kind of, in fact, it's kind of ironic that we use the word worship service. I don't even know why we say worship service other than that's kind of like what the South calls this time where we come in and, and pray and read the scriptures and sing and give and all those things. And so what we thought is it actually make more sense for us to actually go and do service on that day. That's Memorial Day weekend. And so what will happen from 10 to 12, instead of there being anything, or 9 to 12, or I don't know. We'll figure it out as we get there. Um, instead of us being here, we're going to go serve our community and come back at 12 We'll have some inflatables outside and we'll maybe play some softball, frisbee, grill out, the whole deal, and just have a big church picnic. Um, and we were trying to come up with, okay, what is it that we're going to do? How are we going to serve our community? And we came up with some ideas. We thought, we can go, you know, pick up trash on the side of the road because obviously 27 is covered up in trash. And, you know, we can go do some other things. And we kind of threw all these ideas and we're like, you know what? It just seems really silly that, uh, that, that I or one of your pastors here would dictate what we did. And so we thought, here's what we'll do. And this is why this is an, an, an critical announcement time here, is we don't know what we're going to do. In fact, we have no clue. That doesn't mean we're going to show up on that day and say, dear Lord, point us in the direction and go on that day. We're going to begin preparing to do that. But what makes more sense to us is that you know the needs of this community. You know your neighbor's needs much better than we do. As in me or Drew or Jared or Paul or any of our apprentices or staff or you know any any of those, us. So what we want to have happen is we'd love for you to help us know what, what we should do. This is always nerve-wracking. You know, we don't take votes on a lot of things because typically when we vote for things, um, somebody, oh, if we vote for the color of the carpet, whatever, you know, then half of you are going to still be upset. So we're like, whatever, we'll just go ahead and pick a color and save ourselves from all that drama, you know. And, but um, but this, this is important to us, and we know it's important to you. And so here's what we want you to know. When you leave here today, our, um, you have, there's connect cards. So there's pieces of paper. That, there's connect cards in the seats. There's pieces of paper with all the announcements going on in the seats. There's connect cards, which are just like a little bitty half a sheet of paper out in the front. Or you can actually log on to your phone uh, to connectcitychurch.com, or you can go to connectcitychurch.com on your computer, and there's actually a little form that says Missions Project. It'll take about a minute to fill out, and we'd just love for you to make some suggestions about some different things that we can do in our community. Just a quick disclaimer, though, okay? We're assuming that if you are passionate about your neighbor or about some organization that you think we could help serve, maybe, there, maybe there's 10 of us that can go, or maybe there's 100 of us that can go, the, the assumption we're, we're making here is if you're passionate enough about it, then you won't mind helping us lead it and figure out the plan to make that happen. So if you're going to fill out that form, there's actually a little disclaimer box on the bottom that says, I'm aware by filling out this form that I may be asked to help lead this project. And so I want you to be very clear of those things up front. But that day, we definitely, definitely want to serve our community together. And then we want to come back here, have a, a good old-fashioned potluck, and enjoy these 14 acres with the creek that we have right here apparently there's trout in this creek so you can i don't i think you're supposed to have a license or something i won't tell on you but but somebody might there's probably like somebody with a dnr right here you're like see them christians i i, I hear me i'm not i'm not encouraging any of our folks to I, I, where did we end up there i'll just pray uh that's about the only thing i'm over so that, that those are the announcements let me pray and then we'll jump in acts chapter five it'll be a lot of fun Jesus, uh, you tell us in your word in Isaiah that it never returns void. And so, God, that is my, that my only prayer today is that you would have your way in this place. God, there are just people from all different backgrounds, all different 
places of life all kind of showed up here. Some of us have lived within 10 miles of this place our entire life. Others, this is our first week in this community, or maybe we're just visiting a friend, God. But we, are, we have all different backgrounds. God, there's folks in this room who are madly in love with you, who you've pulled them out of a ditch or a mess or literally saved them from the grips of hell. God, like you did that, and people are in this room responding to you as their Savior and their Lord. God, and there are other people that aren't even sure you exist yet. And so, God, my prayer is that your word, that you wrote, that you had penned, that you communicated to us would land in our hearts in exactly the way you see fit. And so, God, I just submit to you that I have zero power or zero authority to change anything in this place today, but your word and Jesus, you as our Savior do. And so, um, God, that, that, that's, what, that's the confession. God, that I believe you're real. In fact, I know you're real. And I know you're loving. And I know you're gracious. And I know that every person sitting here is breathing in this room right now because you've intended for that to happen, because you're not through with them, because you still have a plan for them, and that you still have a hope for them, God, and it's good. And so, God, as we sort through the details of that, God, as we as we figure out how to serve you best, as we figure out how to become most like you, Jesus, as we figure out how to care for our community, Lord, we just confess that we have very few answers, and the answers that we have aren't good. So, Jesus, we need a lot of you. In fact, we need a lot more of you and a lot less of us in this deal. And so, Jesus, we give you these next few minutes as we work through your scripture. And I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So, if, if you've been with us for a while, uh, you're, you're aware of this. If, if you haven't, the first week, we're, we're really glad you're here. We're not going to do anything weird. We're not going to make you come up front. We're not going to make you stand up. None of those things. You can be completely casual. You can even take off your shoes unless your feet smell. And if, even that, most of our folks, they don't really care that much. They'll let you know if they care. Um, and so, uh, all that, we want you to be quite comfortable in, the, in, in this place. But we've been, we've been tracking through the book of Acts. And let me just, just quick, quick synopsis. Acts is like the, the sequel to the gospel. The Gospels are basically, there's four different books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're all just kind of biographies about Jesus' life. Hey, this guy, he lived 33 years. They split time because of him. People say he's God. People say he's Lord. Other people say he's nuts. And so four different guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, go, and they chronicle the life of Jesus so that we have it in, like, in, so that we can know the story of Jesus. Again, 2,000 years ago, he lived, he died, he came back to life. And so four guys, you, you know, who the Holy Spirit spoke to and encouraged and, and, and challenged and, and spoke to and communicated with to go and write these stories. And one of the four guys who wrote one of these stories was a guy named Luke. Luke was a doctor. He was a scientist, was very investigative in his approach of writing the story of Jesus. In fact, he sat down with Jesus' mother. He sat down with Peter. He sat down with all the disciples. And he asked them eyewitness questions. And he was like, hey, tell me about this. And he sat there and he wrote it all down. Okay, And so he wrote this whole thing down. There was a guy named Theopolis who paid Luke to go tell this story. People don't even know if Luke was a, a follower of Jesus when he began to investigate this. So Luke first writes the book, a gospel according to Luke. And then right after that, around 50 AD, Luke begins writing the second story, which is basically the, the sequel to the gospel of Luke. It's called the book of Acts or the Acts of the apostles, which is basically these 11 guys. They pick up a 12, 12 guys who have chased after Jesus. And Luke is pretty much chronicling the story of their life. So it begins in Acts chapter 1, which is Jesus has just died, been resurrected, came back to life, and he's living the 40, 40 days on earth, kind of giving people kind of this plan, saying, hey, go and make disciples of all nations. Hey, I'm going to give you my spirit. And he's kind of giving them last-minute marching orders. And then he goes and he ascends into heaven. That's Acts chapter 1. And then it finishes in Acts chapter 28, which is... Is the, the, where Paul is sitting in a, 
in a prison being persecuted for his writings and his belief and his preaching about Jesus. And so we're going to walk through this whole story of what does it look like once you meet Jesus, or as you're trying to figure out Jesus, what does it look like to actually follow him? Last week was probably the worst so far of the, of the stories, and it was Ananias and Sapphira. And basically they lied and they died because they lied. That was kind of was supposed to be um, rhyming there. And so they basically went to, basically what's happened is in the, um, all these guys, they started to chase after Jesus. It started with about 11, it went to 12, 12 to 120, 120 to 3,000, or 300, 300 to 3,000, 3,000 to 5,000. And so in a matter of days, there's a bunch of people who are just saying in this little bitty area saying, we don't want anything else but Jesus. We've tried everything else. We've done all those things. We tried to follow the rules. We tried to acquire more livestock or cars or, or, or shoes or, or women or whatever it is. We've tried all those things. None of them worked. But all of a sudden, we've met Jesus. We've decided to chase after Jesus. And everything about our life has radically changed. And so all these guys get together. And they basically, it says the Bible says they, they start holding everything in common. In other words, they don't even care that much about things anymore because all they care about is people and Jesus, right? And so they, they begin chasing after Jesus. And it says a lot of them started selling things and bringing it and making sure that everybody, none of them had any needs, and two people, Ananias and Sapphira, said, hey, we want to get in on your little cult or whatever it is you've got going on here. We want to follow with you. We want to do those things. And they're like, hey, we'll sell our land too. And so they sell some land. They bring some money. But they lie about the amount of money they bring, and then they die for lying, right? Really, really a messy deal. And I'm like, uh-oh, guess what? If you lie, you, you, you're going to stop breathing. And the last week, we are like, uh-oh, we've all lied. Why are we still breathing? We had to work through the details of that. And here's basically where we ended up last week in the message, okay? is that there's two plans to follow. One is yours, one is yours, or any others, and one is Jesus's, right? There's Jesus's plan, which is, hey, trust me, trust the Lord with all your heart, lean down on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight, right? There's that plan, Jesus. Narrow gate is what the uh, what it says in Luke and, and Mark, right? The narrow gate, that that's Jesus. The other option is anything else, the, the broad gate. And what we know through Proverbs, through different stories, through what Jesus says is the narrow gate always leads to destruction. Whether it was in a matter of a moment, you lie, you die, or in a matter of a lifetime, the, near, the, the, the broad gate, the one that, that we choose, the one that we just say, hey, that's an easier plan, that's the one that feels better in the moment, those things, like we choose what we want rather than what's right, and in those moments, it always leads to destruction. And so we walked through that deal, and basically the challenge was, look, at some point, this is a decision you just have to make. Do you believe that you're capable of always making the right decision? Do you want to just trust your own gut, and you want to be your own God? That's fine. Jesus says, okay, follow your own deal. Every time it leads to destruction. And so that was the challenge last week, and I hear it. I, I mean, I get it. No, I didn't hear it, actually. Y'all are really gracious to me. I don't Actually, this is... This has actually been one of the better periods of my life in terms of not getting hate emails from people. So thank you guys for all that. I can't believe you said that from stage. I'm like, I didn't know I wanted to say that from stage. You know, like it was just, I mean, it was anatomically correct. You know what I'm saying? Well, anyway, um, so, um, and so, but anyway, so I understand that sounds really closed minded, right? Either you go to Jesus and you check chase after Jesus and things can work out well, you know, the cumulative effect, right decision over periods of time, long time, you become more like Jesus, right? That's one option. The other one is you just die. Sounds pretty arrogant and pretty prideful and pretty closed-minded. I'm not saying it for the reasons of wanting to be right here. I'm just saying, look, as you look through the history of sociology, the history of the world, man, there's messy, broken people that eventually we all 
walk through a path of destruction. I mean, I grew up in Dalton, which isn't a really exciting place now, but back in the mid-90s, Dalton, Georgia was a really happening place. That, that The rumor was that it, they had more millionaires per capita than any other place in the world. I don't know if it's true or not. I just know that people were dropped off at limousines at Dalton Junior High School. I'm not making that up. I mean, I'm really not. But I remember get, I ended up going to a different high school, Southeast Whitfield. That was more the um, the the the, the, the it wasn't not, it wasn't near as nice as, as Dalton, or the the demographics were a little bit lower on the socioeconomic status, you know, of the scale. But I remember looking back at friends in Dalton, who you would think had everything that they'd ever wanted. You know, like their family owned huge carpet mills, and they got brand new sixty thousand dollar cars when they were sixteen. I mean, just some, in my opinion, pretty absurd and extravagant things and then i still watch the journey of of their path many of them right or you look at celebrities man i i mean you walk down the journey of Lindsay lohan you're like oh you're the cute little girl from parent trap now you're in a rehab for the 17th time you know it's like not 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 making shots not taking shots of the deal because we're all kind of messy we just have different levels of it right some luckily most of our thing most of our junk isn't like publicized on tmz quite like it is for Lindsay lohan there but i mean if you looked at the journey it's not like the more you have the better you feel we all get that right we we you know we if we step back long enough we get that and so i mean this isn't really an argument of just read the bible do what it says cuz i understand it's a little harder than that it's not just hey you should choose jesus cuz everything else is bad and i'm right you're wrong this isn't about me being right and you being wrong and not at all or us being right and someone else being wrong it's about really taking a step back and thinking there's something really broken about our world I mean, if you didn't know it and if you didn't know it, just walking through the history of this week, just like, man, and I, you hear me, I have no desire to manipulate your control. You don't even want to talk about emotional things because that's not the goal here to get you to make some emotional decision. But it doesn't, it's not hard. It doesn't take much effort to look at the world and say, man, this place is broken. And essentially what happened last week is we saw two people that chose their own route and they ended up broken, quite similar to us. The difference is they stopped breathing and they died. And so it's like, okay, well, here's the plan. The plan is, man, at some point, at some point, we have to choose something else other than the same pattern that we keep getting ourselves into that continues to leave us in a broken place. So the option is this. The option is you can either choose a plan that a, a man, a men, has, has dictated and said, this is it, acquisition, gain more, know more, have more, whatever it is, you could choose that plan, which is man-dictated, or you could say, Jesus, I actually think that your plan might be the only one that works. And so my, my objective this morning, and I'm not, this isn't a persuasive speech, is just to walk you through some guy's story who did just that when the world was telling him not to. And so today we're going to be in Acts chapter 5. We're going to be getting in verse 17. I'm going to walk through uh, several verses, probably through the late 30s, and, and just make some observations. Again, I don't want them to be my words because my words, can my, they offer you nothing, really. I have I have probably have better advice than I – I mean, I can get, offer you some good advice, but even the advice I offer you, I'm really bad at following. So it just seems messed up that, that, that that's where we land in this deal, is that somehow I tell you how to behave and somehow we feel better about it because it really isn't going to fix anything. And so let's just go to a place where it can. So Acts chapter 17, we're going to be, Acts chapter 5, we're going to begin in verse 17. And I'm just going to read this with you. Um, but the high priest rose up 
and all were with him. That is the party of the Sadducees and filled with jealousy. So what's going on here is um, they've just seen lots of healing again. You know, Ananias, Sapphira died. And everybody's like, uh-oh, let's just get real laser focused here. Let's chase after Jesus. And at the, at the, the, the preceding verses, what's happening is they're bringing all these, these, these people who are paralyzed and had all sorts of like all sorts of different diseases and handicaps and they're lining on the street as as the apostles walk by they're just they're getting fixed like their bodies are becoming healed and everybody's like what's going on here they're hearing about this idea of the holy spirit but there's i mean they're as skeptical as we are let's just be honest they're just as skeptical as we are right and even as we walk through this we've been praying dear holy spirit would you please come into this place would you fill it you know holy spirit you're welcome here we we say all those things and we believe like we believe that there's a there's god right most of us are at least there like okay there's a possibility of god there's a few less of us but many of us still believe that there's jesus and then jesus says hey i'm gonna go i'm gonna die i'm gonna go to heaven and i'm gonna give you another the same as myself and it's called a counselor another same as jesus references as john chapter 14 and he tells them anything you ask about name will, will be made they will happen in this deal and it says and you will do even greater things than i through the, the spirit right in acts chapter one verse four it says hey stay in jerusalem okay stay in jerusalem until the holy spirit lands in place and then you will be my witnesses throughout jerusalem judea samaria and the outermost parts of the earth so we 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 kind of are aware of it but we're a little creeped out by it, right? And I don't even know. Like, is it an it? Like, do I call it a him? I mean, I, I think I should call it a her because, the, I mean, the, the thing that, I, that I, I, I most, you know, equate to the Holy Spirit is like that conviction that I get, which my wife's also really good at for me. You know what I'm saying? And so there's the Holy Spirit. So I don't know if I call it a him or her, but if we're being honest, we're a little creeped out by it because you've seen the TV shows where people fall on the floors and you're like, if that's what the Holy Spirit does to me, I don't want someone blowing on my forehead. I mean, some of you are there, right? And so you're like, I'm not even sure. Like, we treat the Holy Spirit a lot like it's over there. We're playing the hokey pokey in it. And we're like, oh, that's just about enough. Oh, we'll take it out, you know. Ooh, just a little bit more. Oh, that's good. That's good. The Holy Spirit, were you? Yeah, I got a bunion right there. Oh, oh get scratch, get it right there. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's enough. That's enough, you know. And then we put the left foot in. Okay, that's good. Oh, people are watching. Shake it all about, you know what I'm saying? Huh. That's what, you know, and so that's kind of how we, how we view it. And so that's what's going on here in Acts chapter 5 or 17 is, is that some people have seen some crazy things happen, things that they can't explain. They're like, is David Blaine and David Copperfield, are they around in this deal? Because this makes no sense. I don't know how it works, you know, none of those kind of things. And so there they are. And, and the religious leaders, which are not the Christians, okay, these aren't the guys that are like, hey, go get them, tell them about Jesus. These are the biggest anti-Jesus people out there. They were angry. The Sadducees were these leaders. And they're like, man, we can't have these people continue to talk about Jesus because it's killing our numbers. It's killing our budget. Like these people are, are kind of, like they're defecting over from Judaism into this, this crazy Christian cult. And they're not giving us their money anymore. How are we going to pay for this synagogue? Or how am I going to pay for this Rolex? And so we need to do something about it. And so that's what's happening. They're seeing all these guys who have done some really incredible things. And they're like, ah, we need to put a stop to this. And so it continues. They arrested the apostles. And put them in the public prison. One of the fun things that you can do in the book of Acts when you're having a really bad day is just go read through the whole thing and count how many times these guys get arrested. <laughs> it's so awesome. It's like, oh my goodness. You know, they would be on that, in that newspaper that you see at the convenience store. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, come on. Some of you're like, oh goodness. Does he look at that? You know? Look, just smile on it. Just smile. If you, if you're ever in it, if you're ever going to get that picture, just smile because people are going to see you. You might as well like look, you might as well look, look like all like, 
you know. So anyway, these disciples would be on the front page of that thing a lot. I was like, oh, God, you've been so good to me. Like, I've never been thrown in prison for loving you, you know, like these guys. So they're arrested again. You're going to see this story throughout the scripture, and it continues here. That's what it says. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the world's words of the life. So they're saying, hey, look. So basically, I kid you not. They're in prison and an angel shows up. I don't know if he has wings. I don't know what it looks like. All I know is he comes. He doesn't like bust out doors. He's not like the Kool-Aid guy that busts in. Somehow he just comes. He opens the door and he says, hey, come with me. Go preach again. They're like, well, are you sure about that? I mean, we're supposed to be in prison. You know, and they're like, he's like, no, no, you can. And he's like, I don't think you're supposed to break out of prison. And they're like, Jesus says it's okay. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so they break out of prison in verse 21. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. So they show back up and they're teaching again. They're like, hey, remember these, these guys arrested the us and said, don't talk anymore. Here they are the next day, early in the morning. They put him in the night before. You know, it's like, we have goats right now. We have goats in our house. And we have one whose name is Tricky. The reason is her name's Tricky is because I have no idea how to keep her in a pen, right? I mean, like, I've tried everything. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I decided I'd just would lay her down and tie all of her legs together and just leave her there for night. Just, just stay, right? I mean, I'm kind of joking here, right? I use zip ties. I don't use rope. I wouldn't. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It's handcuffs. Um, so anyway, so laying there, right? And that morning I get up and I get up the next morning. I'm like, oh my goodness, how do you continue to get out of this pen? I'm like, Harry Houdini, get, stop this, right? So I'm like, I've tried, I've, I've put, you know, chains all over and thrown her in water or nothing. I'm just choking. None of that's happening at all. Okay. And so anyway, I should have stayed with the zip ties. Well, I could see that y'all like your animals. And when they heard this, they entered the temple. So here they are back in the deal and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. So basically the high priest, and this is one thing that I need you to understand here is that um, while this was in a Roman regime, right? The, the Roman empire kind of oversaw all this. But the Romans, while they didn't like Jews, they didn't like Israelites, they, they did see them as kind of a portion of, a, of another form of revenue. It'd be like this. It'd be like in the early 1700s when all the people came over, us, a lot of our, our ancestors came over from, uh, from England, right? They came over here and they're living here. And they kind of had their own things. Long came for like their own religious beliefs. You got Puritans, you got all these deal. And so you have these people living in like these communes in these areas and specifically the Northeast at this time. And the, the United Kingdom, the, the England is basically saying, hey, look, do what you want to over there just as long as you send us back the money. You know, you know, it's that whole idea of they're frustrated about no taxation without representation, right? They're like, hey, we're not going to do anything for you, but we're going to expect your money. Well, what the Roman government is, they kind of said to the Jews, hey, you know, do your own thing. You can even have your own political leaders as long as that happens, just make sure you keep giving us your taxes. And so these Jews are being taxed by the Roman government. They still are expected to give 20, 30, 40% of their money back to the synagogue. And so the high priest was essentially like a governor, both politically and a spiritual leader. So he, he, he had this dual role, right? And so he shows up. And so they get all these people, the senators, like this deal with a bunch of religious people who didn't like what was going on with Jesus' followers because they were kind of ruining the whole, the whole religious part of this deal, right? And so that's going on. So in verse 22, it says this, but when the officers came, they did not find them in prison. Okay, they're not there. So they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But we opened them, we found no one inside. <laughs> That's so funny. Like they're like, hey, the guys are still out there, but I'm telling you it's empty. I don't know. Go back and look. Look, I'm telling you, bro. The, I mean it's completely empty. Did you look underneath the beds? You didn't give them beds. Did you like did you look and you know what you need to do? And this is what he, this is what I would have done if I were the high priest. I'd be like, here's what you need to do. Get ready, this is a Shawshank Redemption reference. For those, 
What you need to do is you need to go back into the room and you need to look on all the walls and see if there's any pinup girls on the walls, okay? If you see any pinup girls on the wall, I just want you to peel it back. I want you to see if there's a hole underneath it because I bet you, I bet you what that's, the, that's what they did, huh? That Andy Dufresne, you know? And so, anyway, so there's nobody, nothing there, nothing at all. And so they look in. I shouldn't have told you it was the, the reference. I ruined the whole thing with it. Um, but anyway, so then when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them. Makes perfect sense to me. Wondering what this would come to. So they're like, oh, this isn't good, guys. You know, a couple of different times. Hey, listen, the last time we thought someone was... <laughs> saying, hey, don't joke about this. This is not funny because we don't talk about that, that name, Jesus. You know, The last time we thought someone was completely contained in some kind of little cell, not only did they disappear, they came back to life. So I'm not sure what's going on here, but <laughs> I'm wondering what this is going to come to. Verse 25, here's what happens. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Hey, I found them. <laughs> there, here they are. They're all there. They're preaching. They keep talking about this Jesus gap, but here they are. I found them. Found them. Do I get some kind of reward or whatever? Verse 26. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. For they were afraid of being stoned by the people. So all these people are listening, you know. It'd be a lot like, I mean, I won't use me as an illustration, but I'll use Austin because, you know, he has a line on his chest. I, did, I was thinking, which, Austin, where are you? Are you, are you up, up top? Oh, I'm sorry. Austin, Emily, will y'all stand up? Where, where are they, 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 I thought they were there. Where? Oh, they, will y'all stand up real quick? This is Mr. and Mrs. Austin Earp. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, um, y'all can sit right down. Uh, they got married last weekend, not like not this past, not this weekend, not the weekend before, but so they've been married two weeks now. You guys had one of the most one of the most beautiful ceremonies I've ever seen. <laughs> and whoever, like the the guy who officiated it, incredible. Look, I mean, I would pay that guy five thousand dollars to officiate my wedding. But anyway, uh, so but imagine Austin standing here, right? And he's singing a song, and all of a sudden, like some guys in masks come out, right? And they come in, and they come to grab Austin, right? In this room while he's singing. There's some. My, this is a rhetorical question, so please don't let me know. But I'm guessing some of you have guns on you right now in this place. This is the middle of nowhere, right? You know what I'm saying? And some of you got knives. Some of you got hand, like nunchucks. You know what I'm saying? And some of you, like, I, I don't have any of those weapons, but I got a crazy brain. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The, any of you got one of those, one of those crazy brains, like, I don't really care. Like, I'll cheat, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, anything's a weapon to me. Like, if somebody were to come grab Austin, we would destroy them, right? And it'd be fun, you know, in the middle of this deal. Well, they're thinking, they're thinking, they're thinking, oh, let's, 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 let's get them out quietly so that people don't throw rocks at us. So they go and they take them. This is what happens. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest questioned them. Saying, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. Yet, here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Hey, we told you to shut up about Jesus. You keep talking about him. We're going to have to do something about this. This is a, I mean, understand, this is not a joke here. I mean, like, they are actually on trial. Like, they could be, they could be, like, these guys, this high priest had authority to have them murdered immediately. So this is a big deal. This isn't like, you got a speeding ticket. It's like, these 12 guys are about to die. And this is what happens. Here it is. Oh, that's so good. Verse 49. So Peter has the same message that he's going to continue to preach throughout Acts. He looks at me and says this. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. We must obey God rather than men. In other words, hey, 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 I understand that this seems really foolish to you. 
I understand that it probably doesn't make sense to you. I mean, for us, it'd be like this. I understand it doesn't make sense to you that I'm not chasing after a six-figure job. I understand that it's foolish to you to think that I'd rather, I'd rather not be in debt and be able to give more away. I understand it seems foolish that I'd be generous. I understand that it'd be foolish to operate my hands wide open because you could get taken advantage of. I understand those things. I understand that it's ridiculous that you, that it seems ridiculous to you that I would give five to ten to twenty to thirty to forty to fifty hours a week just serving people in my community. I understand that it doesn't make any sense to you. Because in your world, in, in, in man's world, it makes sense that you spend all your time acquiring, getting more, all those things. I understand those things. But here's the deal. We must obey God rather than man. He continues, is what he says. The God of our fathers, this is again Peter's only message. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, hey, just to be clear, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree, okay? God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. So here's what he's saying. He's saying, here's the deal. The Jesus that you don't want us to talk about he is God. God sent him. He was lifted up. He, we, he made himself known. He presented himself. He died. He came back to life. Thomas, tell him. You touched it, you know, like, you touched the side. You touched those holes. Like, you, ex- we experienced him post-death. Like, you could not convince me that Jesus isn't real. And then he went back to be leader and sits at the right hand of his father. We can't help but talk about him. You killed him. You don't get it. But after you killed him, we saw him come back to life. So, as much as you want us to be quiet about this God, we can't contain it because we see him as Savior. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit. I want you to pay very careful attention to this last part. Whom God has given to those who obey be honest with you, I, I was working back through material. Uh, typically how it works for me is we kind of have an idea of where we're going. But every Sunday I go home and my kids nap. We have lunch together. My kids nap around 3 o'clock. And when, and when they, um, uh, they, they they nap, as they nap, I, I Julie typically rests or is getting like an idea of what meals look like during the week. And I just kind of sit down and start carving out uh, the next week's message. Every Sunday afternoon I send it out to our production team so we can work on material, work on songs, do all those videos, all those things. And I was working through this past Sunday, and I kid you not, I got to this verse, and it hit me like hard in the in the stomach, like it hit me hard because I was like, "Oh, it makes sense." Because here's why. Here's why this makes sense. And it might not to you, yet, but let me just walk you through it. For so long, we have been begging. I mean, two weeks ago, we just begged the Holy Spirit to come sit in this place, right? Like, we're just like, God, we just, you know, we want it. Like, I want it. Like, God, I just want to confirm that you're real. I mean, that's where a lot of us are. If we're being honest, like, we really, we say this in some way. We're like, God, if you're real, I'll do that. But I just need you to confirm it. And so one of the things that I pray all the time is, God, I just, I want your spirit. Like, that part of you that we have access to, the same power that conquered the grave can live in me. God, I, I just want that. And I don't want it because I want to like do some special trick with it or because I want to make extra money with it. But I just want the spirit living in me because I want to know God's that real and that close. That's it, right? And a lot of us are like, oh, that's what I want too. And if we're being honest, right, 90% of the folks in this room are like, that's what I want, but I'm not experiencing it. And I'm like, I'm a pastor. Like I'm supposed to have this access, right? And yet most days, most days, I still don't feel like the Holy Spirit is living and active in my life. And I am paid to be a Christian, right? Isn't that messed up? Like I am, I'm paid to be a Christian. And yet there are times I'm like, 
God, like, I want you to be so real. And there are moments I get those brief, and I'm talking about brief. I'm talking about split-second moments. I'm like, oh, God, you're so real. But then there are other times that I just feel so absent. And the prayer is, God, won't you just be close again? Won't you, won't you draw close to me, God? Won't you just be here? Like, I remember praying it, sitting right over there two weeks ago and saying, God, like I was back there, we were singing, and I was like, Lord, would you just come and, like, would your spirit land in this place just so that people in here could just get a glimpse of your goodness and your glory, right? That's all I want. That's all I want for us. Like, if we got that, like, we could just see it, then nothing else really would matter. Like, oh, this makes sense. No longer would it seem kooky, which is how it seems at times, right? I mean, you're looking, you're like, I want that, but since I haven't really experienced that, that's just weird, right? And so, like, we we operate that deal. And I remember sitting over there and being like, God, 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 I just, man, I, I want all of you in this place. Like, I know that this church can't contain it. Blow the roof off. I don't really care. Like, I just want our folks, I want to experience you. Selfishly, God, I just want you to be close to me. God, I want to see you. I want to feel you. I want to see you raise a dead person back to life. I just believe you're that capable, and I want to see that, right? And this is it. I'm sharing this for the first time to you guys. I was sharing it with our staff a couple weeks back. This is what he said to me. And again, I am only never more than about 75% certain I've ever heard from God, like audibly, okay? So this isn't like, here's a word for the Lord for you guys. But there's been several times in my life, as a junior in high school, I felt like the Lord told me that, Josh, I want your future. I feel like that's why I'm on a stage right now preaching, because I feel like that's what I gave to him through a long bow. When we planted on the church, I feel like God was specific about us starting a church that made it simple for people to connect to God. Somerville wasn't so much. It wasn't go plant a church in Somerville. We just knew that God wanted us to continue to plant churches. Back in December, I knew the Lord was telling us as a church that, Man, God's going to build it. We're going to care for his family. God's, it's God's church to build. We care for the family, right? So I just knew, like, was confident that that's where the Lord had us as a church. That was long before we knew two campuses coming to one. But two weeks ago, I was sitting there, and I, and I was begging God. I was like, God, just, like, give me wings. I don't really care. I mean, give me something. I just, I want to fly. I want to see you. I want people to see you. I mean, like, I want you to come sit in this room. We sing this song that says, I don't want to look at you like you're not in the room. I want to look right, I want to look right at you, talk right to you. And that's what I want. I wanted Jesus to come sit on the stage. And instead of us panting near the words, just being like, oh, there he is. You know, like, that's what I wanted, you know. And I didn't get that. In fact, here's what I heard, though, right? I heard him say, Josh, like, I really believe this, okay? Call me crazy. It's okay. It happens at least 12 times a day from people other than my family. <laughs> In that moment, I felt like he said this. Right? He said, Josh, this is this is just the beginning of something really incredible. Like, well, hey, hey, be patient. Be patient. And But I've been struggling. It's like, no, no, I don't want to be patient. You say that you're going to give us a spirit. I want it now. You know, like, here, now, God, spirit, spirit, spirit. You know, like, I feel like my little four-year-old. He's like, I need it now, now, now. You know, like, pizza, you know. <laughs> That's what I felt like, right? And then I got here, and here's where it says. This is this. Listen, listen, listen. And we are witnesses of these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. And there it was. God wasn't going to give me his spirit so I could feel better about myself. God wasn't going to display his spirit in there because he somehow needs to prove himself. He spoke the world into existence. Like opened his mouth and things happened. He doesn't need to prove himself. And I want, I'm like, oh God, God, but I want, I want, I want, I want, right? Like that's not the purpose of the spirit. Here's what he says. And God gives his spirit to those who obey him. In other words, 
the reason that the Spirit is available to you is because God has called you to do something. And it's impossible for you to do it on your own. In other words, if you don't need the Spirit, the Spirit's not going to be available. So here's where it hit me really hard and I started thinking, well, if God doesn't come through in my life today, what really falls apart? Not my finances. I mean, I do a pretty good job budgeting, right? I mean, I work hard. Not, not, I'm not going to go hungry. We got, a, we got a freezer full of meat. Right? And so it's like, I keep wanting the Spirit. And it's like, well, I don't really need the Spirit. And here's what the Bible says. Peter says, He provides the Spirit to those who obey. In other words, you hear from God. And then you do what He says. But the problem is, without the Spirit, the things you hear from God, you're not capable of doing to the purpose of the Spirit, to do what He says. Hear from God, and then you know have the power to do what He says. And so how do you know if you're here from God, right? I mean, that's really the question. We wrestled through it for a while, and this is what I was going to tell you on Monday, and then we worked through it some more. So here's the first part of it. How do you know you're here from God? Well, I'll tell you. If you're capable of doing it on your own, it's not from God. If you're capable of doing it on your own, it's not from God. And that's really the goal, right? Well, okay, okay, I want to hear from God, and I want to do what he says. I want to hear from God and do what he says. Let me just read through you the rest of this, and then, then we'll get there. I promise, like, we're, we're not too far from there. Here's what it says in verse 33. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill him. That's what it says in verse 33. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamal Yil, it's like something from Lord of the Rings, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the man outside for a while. So a guy shows up, he's a Sadducee, he's a leader, he's like, hey, let's just get them outside and let's talk about this, right? So they talk about this, what he says. But, um, and he said to them, men of Israel, that's talking to the Jewish leaders, take care of what you're about to do with these men. That's what he says. For before these days, Theodos rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who were followed him were dispersed, and came to nothing. So what, what, what Gamaliel's saying here is he's saying, yes, listen, listen. Do you know Theodos? And here's the really cool thing about Theodos is the, the works of Josephus absent in the Bible talk about him. In the first century, he basically called himself the Messiah and said, everybody follow me. He gathered about 400 people and they went and did their own little church thing and people thought that he could be Jesus, right? Then all of a sudden he fell flat on his face and started his followers. He said, hey, here's the deal. Remember, we've already faced this before. Remember Theodos? Like, he said he was the Christ, and all of a sudden he fell flat on his face. And then so he continues, he says, And, and he, after him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. And so he offers this. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of men, or of a man, it will fail. But... If it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them. <laughs> okay, give me a we'll, we'll take your advice. Bring them back in. Hey, let's, can, can we at least pound on you for just a few minutes with our fists? Because we're not going to be able to kill you. Come on, just let us, we got a lot of aggression in here. And since you're Jesus followers, Jesus said, if I hit you on the right cheek, you should let me hit you on the left. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when they called him in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak. In the name of Jesus, and they let them go. Verse 21, and they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as Christ. So here's the picture. Basically, this Jewish leader basically says, look, if this isn't of God, you think God's going to let it happen? 
They're going to fall flat on their face. But if this is of God, then we can't stop it anyway. You know, this is a solution to me in terms of dealing with a bunch of cult stuff, different churches, different doctrine, all that stuff. It's like, hey, hey, hey. And I'm going to continue to chase after Jesus. And we're going to continue to ask him to have his way. And for some of them, for some of them, they don't do that. Hey, look, can we really stop anyway? Is it like if it's of God, can we stop it? If it's not, it ain't going to fall flat on the face anyway. So that's kind of the advice, right? So there's two things you got to decide today. First one is this. Do you think God can be planning on using you in a real way? If so, there's nothing in this world that can stop it. You understand that if you really believe that, if you believe God's real, that his son loves you, that his son died for you, and that's actually a possibility, then there is nothing in this world that can stop it, right? We sing it. If our God is for us, right? And so if that's the case, if we believe that, then nothing can stop it, right? So if that's the case, if we believe that, for most of us, right? Then the real question is this. Well, how do we hear from God? Isn't that really what you want to know? I mean, that's what I want to know. That's what I want to wrestle through with our staff on Monday. Because, you know, and here's where it came from, right? Paul, who um, is our worship pastor, he's behind the board today running sound stuff. But um, Paul um, Paul basically said, well, I don't think uh, you can, can hear from God and not hear from his word, right? So Paul had this really spiritual deal of, no, no, you read his Bible. And I'm like, come on, that's a Sunday school answer, right? Like, all I got to do is read his Bible. I've read it before. You know, I know a little bit of stuff in there. I mean, I, I went to seminary, you know, like, oh, that's a really cute answer, Paul. Way to go. Your apprentices are going to be impressed with you and your spirituality. You know, like, that's where I kind of landed in the deal. And then we started wrestling all Sunday, talking about, we're like, well, what about Peter, right? Like, Peter didn't have the New Testament, right? And he stood up and said, listen, we're going to obey God. Now you're like, yeah, there you go, Peter. You didn't read the Bible to get there, right? I mean, that's what I'm thinking, right? So I was thinking, no, God needs to speak personally. Like, and then I thought, well, what we need to do again is we just need to carve out time because most of our problems is we're busy, right? This is what I'm walking through. We're busy. And because we're busy, we're busy all the time, that if we could at least chart out some time, then God would speak. So I thought we could just be quiet for two minutes and say, okay, God, right now, here we go. We got, you got, you got 120 seconds. It's going to be awkward and Josh is going to be counting through the whole thing, wondering when he should pray again so that it's not too awkward for a while. Okay, God, 120 seconds. Speak. Isn't that nuts to think that's how, like, that, that's the way we would approach God? I mean, that's what I thought we should do, right? God, no, no, you want to speak. I always say it. People who search for God always find it. People who search for truth always find it, right? So God, here, here's your moment. You know what I started thinking? Man, we're arrogant. Aren't we? Like, aren't we arrogant to think that that, like, not only does God need to speak, he needs to speak on our time in an audible voice so that I can confirm it. That's what needs to happen, right? And so we're going back through, and I was like, well, of course Peter didn't need his word. Because he had Jesus. Like, Jesus was his spoken word. Like, Jesus literally spoke to him. And so that's what we're thinking. Well, you know what? If, you know what else they had? They had some angel come break them out of prison. <laughs> and I'm thinking, listen, okay, God, here's the deal. If somehow you can convince these people to handcuff me, okay, on this stage, and then while nobody's looking, your angel could swoop in here, and unhandcuff me and take me away, like make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away from here, right? And fly away. And then I'm like, you know, then, then God, oh, I'd believe you. <laughs> right? I mean, that's where we are. Like, okay, God, here's the deal. If you can lift this roof off right now, man, that would have been so awesome. If you're going to lift this roof off right now and you could come in here and say, here I am, children, go feed the hungry. 
we'd go feed the hungry, right? I mean, it's like, but somehow that's what we think. We think that that's how God has to speak to us. It'd be like this. It'd be like my wife writing me a 5,000 word essay on how much she loves me. And handing it to me and saying, look, I just wanted to capture my heart so you could see it. Just read through it. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 I don't. Just, just tell me. You know, like, whatever, come on. Like, that's a long letter. Like, really? You want me to read 5,000 words about how special I am? Come on, just tell me now. Like, okay, like Twitter, Twitter form, like 140 characters. Nope, that's 147. 147, that's too many, right? That sounds crazy, right? Are you with me? That sounds good. No, Julie, I don't want your 5,000 words. I want you to tell me right now in words that make sense. I got a short attention span. You really expect me to spend that much time reading about how much you love me? And yet here we are saying to God, God, would you just speak? Just tell me. Come on, right now, just bring it to me. Like, Just tell me the one thing you want me to do. So just tell me what to do in this moment. Like, that's all I want. God, I don't want your whole book. I don't want to hear about how you died for me. I get that already. Someone told me that in vacation Bible school. I don't need it again. Like, what I need you to tell me right now is, I need you to tell me which car do I buy, God? Right? I mean, isn't that, isn't that messed up? But like, that's, like, I'm reading through it. I'm like, oh my goodness, that's how I work. So you want to know what God wants to do? He wants to pour out his spirit on you. You want to know why he does? Because he's called you to something. He wants you to trust it and obey it. And as you obey it, Peter reminds us that that's why his spirit's available. So you want to know how to actually have access to the spirit? Some of you are really wondering about what it looks like to trust God. God's will is God's word. God's will is God's word. Want to know God's will? Then you need to know God's word. God's will is God's word. No, God, I don't really want you to tell me, like, I understand there's some things about God. I don't know what to do, but I don't really, I mean, you understand Matthew 5 through 7, where he says that we should be anxious about nothing, we should rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. I get all that, but God, that's not, that's not really applicable to my life. Could you give me something a little more applicable to me personally? And it's like, man, here's what I believe with everything I am. I believe if we'd open up God's word, and we'd read it, and we'd do what it says. If we'd hear from God, and we'd do what it says, that's when I believe a spirit will be poured out on us. As we read it and we think, God, there's no way in the world I can do that. Mm, there it is then. God, there's no way in the world that if my enemy asked me to carry his bag a mile that I could carry too. Oh, there it is then. God, there's no way in the world that when I'm supposed to, like I need to continue to offer my brother forgiveness 70 times 7. Oh, there it is then. God, there's no way I could love my spouse the way that you love the church to the point that you laid down your life. Oh, there it is then. Right? Jesus says this. He says, Peter reminds us. He says, the Holy Spirit is witness whom he gave to those who obey him. And so that's the goal. God's will is God's word. Want to know what God wants you to do? Open it up. Let me offer a couple quick tools. Okay, One, we have Bibles for you. If you don't have a Bible, there's a, a, a ton of, of Bibles. The, the English Standard Version, the same version that we just read from. Right on the, I mean, as you walk out, there's a round table and there's Bibles stacked up on it. Brand new. No one's used them before. Put them to work, right? And so grab one, please, if you don't have a Bible. The other thing is this. It's put the other part of the dilemma is you're like, well, I don't even know where to begin. I get that. 
I mean, I'm with you there. And so uh, a while back, we launched 600seconds.com to convince you all to draft 600 seconds from where you are to here, to the new church building, right? And so while we knew that we were going to use it for that reason, what we really knew that we wanted to do is we wanted to create a daily devotional for you guys. 600 seconds, 10 minutes a day. And so starting tomorrow morning, if you get up at 6 a.m., we'll already be there. You can go to 600seconds.com. There'll be a quick video, maybe one to two minutes, and a reading plan. And I was going to tell you, for the next 31 days, we're going to be reading through Proverbs together. But if we won't start in sequence, tomorrow's the 22nd. So we'll be reading Proverbs 22. And the cool thing is you'll get to read it with us. Um, you'll get to meet some other staff members through the videos who will share their thoughts on it. And you're hearing this as some of them are hearing it. You'll get to meet some of our apprentices who are leading you in worship, leading in guest services, caring for kids, all those things. You'll get to meet them as they'll get to discover that. And you'll get to meet student people. You'll get to meet a lot of different people in this church as they're wrestling through Scripture and what it says. You want to hear truth and wisdom, we start with Proverbs. So for the next 31 days, that will be the journey. And so all we're asking you to do. We're asking you to continue to come be a part of this thing, continue to chase after God with us. And every day for the next 31 days, log in to 600seconds.com. You can get it from your phone. You can do it from a computer. If you don't have a computer, just stop by here, and you can do it here. Heck, I'll get one of them. We'll probably walk you through it. We'd be happy to. So whatever that looks like. So every day for the next 31 days, 600seconds.com, and that's that's the plan. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to beg the Lord. And here's here's the other thing I'll, I'll challenge you with, okay? Some of you are like, well, that's really good for tomorrow, but what about for today, right? You want to know what I really believe? I don't think your problem is hearing from God. I don't think my problem is hearing from God because I've heard a lot of things from God. I've read his word. My problem is not hearing from God. My problem is doing what he says. And I don't know what that looks like for you. And I would just say, wherever you are, whatever this looks like, what I would challenge you with in this moment is, okay, what's the last thing you heard from God? that you've been disobedient in. What's the last thing from, you've heard from God that you've withheld from? Some of you, it's this. The, the Bible says this, that, um, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You don't really buy that. You're like, there's no way. Like, there's no way that some God would love me enough to die and come like, live inside me. That's just weird. Like, you mean like he comes and lives in my heart, like I open some little door and Jesus comes and steps in. That just doesn't make any sense. You're right. It doesn't. Like, it, it's pretty crazy to think about. But so is a world that we're standing on. Do you understand right now? We're standing on the outside side of a big ball right now that's pretty crazy too right we all showed up at some weird room that used to be a flea market pretty crazy right i mean there I'm, I'm not arguing that the the unreasonableness of it what i'm arguing is that the bible that says that look if you call my name i'll save you like if you decide to submit your life to me uh, you could gain your life again right like if you decide to trust me fully i will make your path straight and so some of you it's just simple saying god i just really I never really wanted to be obedient to trust you with my life. So some of you, the first thing you need to do is say, God, I just want to trust you today. And so I'm going to give you that opportunity, and then we're going to sing some songs. Would you bow your heads real quick? We don't do this much because I'm so afraid of the emotion of it. And I actually, the other side of it is, is I'm so afraid that somehow I'll assess whether or not I was a good preacher or we preached the word good or our service was good or our church was good by some of you responding to this. But it seems silly that I wouldn't be obedient to give you the next step out of fear of those things. And so for some of you, it's really as simple as just saying today, God, I'm a mess. And I want to trust you in my life. And so I, just want, I want to give you those steps. I want you to just tell him personally in your head right now to say, Jesus, I'm a mess. I've tried to do it my own way. And I can't do that anymore. So Jesus, 
even though this doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I want to give my life to you. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. And I want to live a life of purpose with you. So Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you come into my life? Would you change me? And Jesus, I believe that because you died for my sins, that you have saved me, give me an abundant life, and secure an eternity with you in heaven. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming me into your family.